Hello, this is Jenny Nichols, and this is Local Share Green Action Podcast, where we hear from people across the U.S. that share their stories about work they are doing in their local community with a common goal of taking green action that helps care for people and wildlife and the environment in our local towns and cities. Our goal is that we might be able to learn from and inspire each other while we find our own solution-based action that lets us live meaningful, sustainable, eco-friendly lives while cleaning, protecting, and repairing the environment. Today on our podcast, I'm speaking with someone who, with her partner, opened up a socially conscious natural pet food shop. I'm talking with Penny Jones-Napier with the Big Bad Wolf Company in Washington, D.C. Penny and her partner, Julie Piaz, together are the co-founders and owners of the Big Bad Wolf Incorporated. Their company specializes in premium, organic, holistic, locally sourced, and raw foods and supply. They opened in March of 2005, and in five years, the company has grown the year-end sales in 2009 to $1.4 Penny vets all products to ensure that their core guidelines of sustainably, locally made, fair trade, and green manufacturing are adhered to. Welcome, Penny. I'm so excited to speak with you and find out more about your path of green action. So what planted the seeds for you to want to take some kind of action initially? Well, I think it grew out of how we live. We've always been fairly progressive in terms of recycling, trying to look at how to reduce waste, etc. So 15 years ago, when we came up with the concept of our store, this was not very common in the pet food industry. <laughs> to say the least. We focused on looking at how we would carry products that were local and regional first, uh, items that had a reduction in packaging or made in the United States. And basically, we were told by so many of our sales reps and distributors that it couldn't be done. So we started researching products and building our base of products that are made in the USA with that focus, looking at local and regional farm goods that we could carry in the store for fresh raw meaty bones, things like that, and how we did our cleaning in the store using non-toxic materials, utilizing towels and cleaning cloths instead of paper towels. So just really a multi-pronged approach to how to reduce our carbon paw print, so to speak. Excellent. Excellent. That must have been quite a research project. Um, Did you, like how much time before you actually opened your shop um, did it take to really prepare all of those decisions and suppliers and all of that? Well, oddly enough, we didn't we took very little time before opening the shop because this corner spot came open and it needed to be rented pretty immediately. So I think from the time we took over the space from another um, leasee to opening the doors, it was something like three or four weeks. So we had to very rapidly start to identify getting some products into the store so it looked like we were operational and open, and then starting to work with some of our suppliers, starting to do that research to look at what we could start bringing into the store that fit our profile that we wanted to create. Wow, that must have been quite a daunting task. So you have a a dog that you is part wolf, is that correct? We did. We um, We had actually four wolf dogs, and they were all related to each other. And the namesake of the store and our logo is our dog, Bodhi, who was an amazing animal to live with. Absolutely amazing. And so he and one of my cats form our logo for the store. So did you have 
problems finding really healthy and appropriate food for your dogs and your cat? Yes. So before we started, we used to go to nearby Petco and the healthier foods were in the furthest back corner of the store. So you really had to hunt them down to try and get some healthy alternatives. I always found that strange. And when Artemis, who is part of the reason we started the store, she was diagnosed with diabetes. It took us about a year and a half to get that diabetes under control. And I, of course, thought, well, I was feeding her science diet because that's what the vets recommended. When I started reading the ingredient panel, I was like, this has corn as one of its first ingredients, which turns to sugar. It's no wonder we're having such a hard time getting her diabetes settled. So um, I started looking for the better diets. And then when we had the opportunity to look at opening a store, I really started doing my research on what were the best diets that we could bring in that were dry diets for dogs and cats? And what were the best frozen, raw frozen foods? We started her on a raw diet and saw her health improve almost immediately. And we're able to get her insulin levels under control. And so that really started our path on becoming real advocates for not only good foods, but foods that would help animals thrive. Excellent. So do you also look at um, where maybe your sources, how they're raising their animals or some of their crops? Do you kind of book up the supply chain? That is uh, an excellent question. And yes, absolutely. It's sourcing is extremely important and it's something we look at all the time. It can have a dramatic impact on the quality of the food, even though the ingredients may not change. So just a quick story about to illustrate this. Uh, a couple of years ago, one of the big natural food brands got sold to General Mills. And it was one of our best-selling brands that we had in the store for years. We really didn't market it. We didn't talk to people about it, but it just went out the door. Um, we were assured that none of the ingredients had changed, but they started going into all of the big box stores, big chains, grocery, etc. And within four to six months, we had people coming in starting to say, you know, all of a sudden my dog's digestive, my dog is having digestive issues or the, the my cat's coat doesn't look as well, et cetera. And that would have been about the time that you needed in the supply chain for the last of the originally sourced foods to, to be put out to market and the new foods that were being sourced through General Mills to come through. And so we discontinued the food. And um, we'll still sell it on order for people if they really want it, but it doesn't have shelf space in our store. Consequently, on the flip side of that, we have a wonderful food that is, we have a number of foods that are certified humane in our store from the ingredient sourcing. One of them is the only one that's certified humane for dry food for dogs and cats, and that's Open Farm. And they have, they're meticulous in looking at what their sourcing is from the farm to the table. Several of our raw foods also are the same. So I think that that's incredibly important when people are taking into consideration they want the very best for their pets or these type of issues with where does it come from? How are the animals raised? How are they treated? I think these are all really important things that we as a society have to look at. And hopefully that's translating to our food supply and also to our pets' food supply. Excellent. So you chose a public benefit model. Can you um, give us a little idea of how that's been for you and maybe what was um, part of that decision? Our representative, Jamie 
Rask and, and Maryland. We're not in Maryland, we're in DC, but we're on a border. And Jamie Raskin introduced legislation in 2010 or 2009 to look at benefit corporations as a triple bottom line approach to running a business. We started our business in 2005 and we were already doing so many of the things that were outlined in this triple bottom line approach of people, planet, profits. So when the opportunity came to open up our second store in Maryland, we went through becoming the first benefit corporation in the country and in the state of Maryland. And my business attorney at that time was instrumental in helping other businesses develop this develop this corporate model. And so we were very, very proud to be one of the first. And I subsequently, because I really believe in this type of approach, have done a lot of speaking to students, to businesses over the years, talking about what it means to be a benefit corporation. Now, the corporations are treated as C-Corps, so it's the same tax structure as a C-Corporation, but I think Maryland is one of the few places where there's also a benefit LLC available too. That's great. That's great. So it hasn't been a lot more paperwork for you in that respect in terms of being accountable to the public for how you are benefiting maybe the environment or people? Well, we do have to go through an auditing process every two years. We started out doing it through B Corporation, which is the nonprofit that was absolutely instrumental in pushing forward this type of legislation, which has been adopted in many states in the country. And they they have gone through changes as they've modeled their auditing process. And so we now have a third-party auditor, which is Green America. And they have been doing our auditing for a number of years now. Uh, there are certain criteria like being transparent about where things are made, how they're made. And I think those are all things that need to be reviewed periodically so that you can make sure that you're, you're sticking with what your mission is and our mission and our benefit corporation is to support local economies. So we give a lot of preferential treatment to local makers and regional makers before we'll bring in somebody from outside. Oh, excellent. Excellent. I noticed that you, you also try to stock things like supplements and herbals and homeopathic products. So what went into some of your decision-making in those areas? Well, I think that when you're talking about food as medicine, that hand-in-hand uh, hand with that is being able to have those other supportive remedies that will help, if an animal is ill, bring them back to good health. Sometimes we're able to find remedies that are actually gentler on gentler and as or more effective than some of the pharmaceuticals that are given. So we're always striving to work with customers to be able to talk to them about what's going on with their animals. Animal. I don't think that there's a black and white of yes and no, but I also think that we have to be careful that there's not an interaction. So I always try to work with our customers to say, you know, please be sure to check with your vet. This doesn't improve. We want you to go and see see your veterinarian and have further follow-up work done. I right now have a cat that is uh, struggling with chronic cystitis and had struvite crystals, and we sell a very good prescription diet from Italy called Farmina Vet Life. So it was on that formula for a while, and now we have it on some pharmaceutical medications. And as we taper that off, I'll start to look at some herbal support for ongoing treatment for him. Excellent. 
Excellent. So I was reading a little bit that you have some kind of innovative ways of getting your product to people. Can you explain a little bit more about that? Well, we, um, when we had to close our store in Hyattsville, Maryland, almost four years ago, I was worried about all of the people that we serviced, which didn't have any other options for pet food besides Petco or PetSmart. And I wanted to make sure that we were able to get goods to them. So I took my old Subaru Forester and I deconstructed it and built a platform in the back. And I decided I would experiment with local delivery service. And it worked. People liked getting the local delivery. So when we finally had to close that store, we consequently at the same period of time were moving into a 4,000 square foot space across the street from our original store. We decided that we would build this out as a complete department. And it has been one of the fastest growing areas of our business, especially now with the pandemic. It's been, we started out with doing a lot of service for people that were aging in place and disabled people or people who might've had surgery or new pregnancies. Besides just our regular customers, that was a strong focus. And now with the pandemic, you've got a lot of people who, even though we're in a phase two in the District of Columbia, still are very hesitant to go out or they may be older and they just don't want to be exposed. So I think that it's a very good service. We also deliver raw foods, which nobody does. And we've done some interesting things with the raw food delivery. As an example, we work with um, two of the local veterinary practices and they save all of their styrofoam coolers for us. So we pick those up and we repurpose them to deliver raw foods to our customers. Um, Keeping them out of the landfill and the waste stream, we ask people to give us their ice packs back so that we can reuse them. So in every aspect, we're trying to say, how can we reduce waste? How can we, how can we have customers help us? We also are very active in um, working with TerraCycle. So a lot of our customers bring all of their bags back that can be sent to TerraCycle for repurposing and reuse. And um, it's been very, very successful. That's great. That's great. So what it might be some of the challenges that you faced maybe initially or just um, on the journey of what you're doing? I think it's not been that hard to set the standard because once you set the standard as the owner and the manager of the company and people understand it, they'll they'll work with you on that, your staff and customers both. Um, I think it's really setting the vision and Truthfully, a lot of time, a lot of the staff that we've had have come to work for us because of this mission. They like the mission. We're in a very progressive neighborhood, so people are already recycling. They're already doing a lot of the things in their homes, so they get it. They understand it. I think that at the beginning, it was a lot harder than it is now, 15 years later, to find products that are more green. That's become a big thing in our industry over the last decade. And at the beginning, it was it was not easy. We had some core toy manufacturers like Westpaw and Planet Dog that were made here in the United States. But the bulk of a lot of things were made in China, you know, so it, it did take a lot of research to be able to try and have things here that were made here or made in Canada that we could offer from North America before having to go overseas. Excellent. And getting the word out, was that you're using local marketing or social media or how has it been for you to get the wording, getting the word out? Well, we just recently moved to a brand new website, but our old website was very rich and a lot of information about 
being green and a lot of the initiatives that we've run over the years. So I'm slowly figuring out how to develop that back into the new platform. And probably that will take the form of some blogs and utilizing social media. And I hope whenever I have time at some point in the future to be doing some podcasting myself. Excellent. So what are some of the ways that you and others have enjoyed the rewards of your efforts? I think that we've had a tremendous amount of recognition both inside the industry and in the triple bottom line community about the work that we've done over the years. And I feel very blessed and fortunate that people have recognized the work that we've put in and that we are really legitimately trying to make a difference. Excellent. Excellent. So if your ideas, your experience, and your wisdom were all wrapped up into seeds of potential action for you to give to others, what advice would you give someone considering this maybe in their own city? You know, if it feels overwhelming, start small. Take one thing a week that you can change in your business to be more green. And what you're going to find is that you're actually also going to be saving money on the cost of running your business. Most people think it's more more expensive and it's not. It's making those incremental changes and getting your people that you work with to come along with you to set that tone, to set that um, vision. And you'll reap great rewards from that. How has your experience been working with Green America and in their, I guess you're saying auditing process, did you go through their certification process as well? We went through, I, I've been certified as a gold member of Green America for years and years. And the auditing process, truthfully, has been extremely pleasant and very easy to work through with their staff. I found it to be much harder with B Corp because they were geared more towards manufacturers at the time that I was doing the auditing. And I was amazed at, you know, we would implement new things with uh, B Corp and we would lose more points. <laughs> so that's when I I went back to Green America and said, can you be our auditors? Now, I understand B Corp has made a lot of changes to their auditing process, but I haven't used it in a number of years, so I can't speak to how it's changed. Okay. Okay, good. So what uh, resource, maybe a book or website or film has been particularly helpful or informative for you? Well, there's some films that we have shared with and done some little film events and things over the years. I had a film series that we were doing with when we were at Hyattsville with a local uh, restaurant across the street called Busboys and Poets. And Fresh was one that really has stuck with me, which has to do with sustainable farming. Um, I think that that is one of the most instrumental. Supersize Me is another film that I think is really important for people to see. Doesn't necessarily have to do with pet food, but it has to do with our food and our sourcing, just like Fresh does, and um, the impact that it has on our health and well-being. Excellent. So do you have any upcoming um, events or things that you might want to let people know about? We're working with some virtual events that are coming up, but I am hoping as I just rolled out a new point of sale system, so I'm hoping that starting in the winter and January, we'll be doing some small webinars to help people with health issues and feeding issues, and then expand that out to some other other topics like farming 
And we have an, my, my partner, Julie Paez, actually grows most of our food for the year. And we live in a suburban house, but we have dedicated a lot of our yard to a small urban farm. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of topics that surround how to be more green that can be spoken about. And I hope to be doing some of that starting in 2021. Yeah. So how um, can people contact you if they'd like to learn a little bit more or check out your website? The best place to start is to go to our website. It's www.thebigbadwoof. That's W-O-O-F.com. And if you scroll down to the bottom, you'll find some in the footer, some information pages there. You're also welcome to contact me with any questions that you have. So if you'd like to contact me directly, you can email me at penny, P-E-N-N-Y-E, J is in John, N is in Nancy, at bbwoofinc.com. And realize that I get a lot of email. So if I don't respond to you, don't feel bad about tapping me again to remind me. We are always happy to talk to people about being green, about their pets. We're always here to help. That's our mission. Excellent. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time and really appreciate it and look forward to learning about some of the things you're going to be continuing to do in the future. Great. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for Local Share Green Action. Until next time, let's all use our unique talents and abilities and take meaningful green local action that benefits the planet and people.